As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Simon just left a, he just got up and there's a fortune a cookie. Fortune cookie. Simon says, had a fortune cookie? <laughs> Simon's, he must have had Chinese today. Uh, must it have. says, versatility is one of your outstanding traits. Versatility? Yeah, he can kind of go with the flow sometimes. <laughs> I'll support that. That's so funny. How you feeling, Maggie? I'm good. I'm good. Daylight savings time happened. Uh, yeah, that how was, about that? You Guys, it was crazy. I didn't know that daylight savings time was happening i guess you guys have always told me that and jenna and i both woke up and i woke up so far before my alarm i was my alarm was set for maybe 10 30 and i was up around like 9 40 around 10 and i was feeling nice. so good about myself because i was like man my body just set itself up to be a morning person i guess now and we were in the kitchen getting ready and we looked in our um microwave clock was wrong and then we started to slowly piece it together that wait a second <laughs> it's daylight savings time and we are incorrect about what time that we thought it was this morning um the this is like yes it works to your advantage as you get like more sleep you're getting up a little bit early in the morning but then it's the whole sadness of it gets dark earlier which mm-hmm. can be a trigger for a little bit of sadness or like quote seasonal depression you know like those type of things and i was at pickleball last night and the pickleball lights have not adjusted yet to the (laughs) fact that it is daily pickleball well no actually lights stay on till midnight now (laughs) oh wow Um, you gain pickleball okay i'm with you now But we were like playing and it was pretty dark and it was a little difficult. And then somebody, we were talking about it and they said that daylight savings time is actually up in two years. Like it's over, that there's a Mm -hmm. a bill or something. It passed the House, it hasn't passed the Senate. It's kind of in limbo right now. But yeah, there's a whole movement about that. People are very passionate about that issue. How do you feel about it? I'm (laughs) passionate about that issue. That would literally destroy seasonal depression nobody would get sad anymore (laughs) and i mean that's not true but like it's i really do tend to get a lot sadder when it's 5 30 and it's dark outside because there's so much of the day left i think that'd be so fire if it would well the the days are shorter days are shorter anyway it's not like you're gonna get more daylight it's just gonna be a different time the question is do you want more daylight in your mornings or in your evenings right and i kind of like for the mornings because i'm a morning guy and I shoot videos in the morning. And if we wait till it's light <laughs> before I have to, I can shoot videos. Suddenly it's too noisy. I'm competing yeah. with like Everybody's cars and, and, you know, yeah. <laughs> leaf blowers and lawnmowers and 
So that whatever is not the it majority is, of people's problem. <laughs> I understand. True. And I can roll with it. I can go with the flow. Yeah, you, know, can... you know, you know, one thing though, that's exactly on time is this podcast. Oh yeah. And so maybe we should roll the intro music. Roll the intro music. Max and Dads, wholesome chaos. Max and Dads, wholesome chaos. Welcome to the Wholesome Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with us today. This is going to be a, a good podcast, a happy podcast. Last week was a little, <laughs> a little heavy. Um, a little heavy, a little rough around <laughs> the edges. It was, it's weird when you so, have to record a trigger warning for the pod, for the podcast. So I don't oh think we have one on this Oh my gosh. And like, how do you really go on from your day from there? The rest of my day was like whack. <laughs> I just sat really? alone and Sorry. cried for so long. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I was just I in amazement pickle. at you ladies, uh, especially mom. Mom just kind of channeled that and shared that so much of her soul with us. And very unexpected. I think you helped a lot of people. I really do. If you haven't heard that one yet, go back and listen to last week's podcast. Um, it's it's quite powerful. She's and my, 62, I think. Yeah, 62. But we're ready to start this one. And by the way, since you're there looking at podcasts, why don't you just go ahead and hit that subscribe button mm-hmm. and, be, and join the family. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of amazing things. Um, you know, we're getting ready for a Christmas season. Maggie, your brother's birthday is coming right up. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, you be, start to be thinking about gifts and if you want to avoid like the boring, basic, bland gifts this year, tell you what, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Our partner, Uncommon Goods, is here to make your holiday season stress-free when you're shopping by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. And uh, Maggie, you were on the site today looking around. What did you have? What happened to find there? I saw something I thought mom would absolutely love. It literally combines like your favorite things, mom. It is a murder mystery puzzle. Oh, at the end, a cup of tea (laughs) and a tea bag. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That you don't know. Um, it like reveals as soon as you're finished with the puzzle, it reveals the murder mystery and like all the answers and everything like that. Isn't that so cool? That is so cool. My sisters would love that too. That is so cool. I mean, there's so many different options. It's a good thing they don't listen to the podcast. Maybe we can get it for them for Christmas. I'm just kidding. I don't know if they do. (laughs) Well, when, when you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. And these fine products are often made in small batches. And so you've got to shop now before they sell out for the holiday season. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They have the most meaningful out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. From art to jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone, not the same lackluster gifts you can find just anywhere. And with every purchase you make at Uncoming Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. Wow. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash chaos. That's uncommongoods.com slash chaos for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer, Uncommon Goods, because we're all out of the ordinary. 
I love that. I love that double, you know, bonus, like you're shopping and you're supporting a charity. That's great. And you're supporting artists. Like, and artists. Yeah. It's yeah. just a win, win, win. Everybody gets something out of the deal and you get I to might keep the gift something out of the or deal. give the gift. <laughs> you might. Well, now you told me what question. it is though. What? <laughs> um, why was I never a babysitter as a child? You tried it a couple times. You were a babysitter. No, a I never times. baby. No, well, well, okay, those weren't like babies. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking like babysitter. I was a pet sitter. I was a dog right. sitter. Um, <laughs> I I think I, it was face painting. I think you got spoiled early. Yeah, with the I definitely had business. other jobs. But yeah. here's the thing, guys. Okay, so yesterday while at pickleball, you know where I spend most of my waking hours. Um, there was a guy there holding his 11-month-old baby. Such an adorable baby. She was so cute. And my friends and I were kind of talking to him. We were getting ready to play some pickleball with him. And so I'm just looking at the baby. I love, like, making eye contact with babies, having, like, mm-hmm. little moments, waving, you know. It's it's yeah. so fun. Um, and the baby's just giving me the judgiest stare I have ever received from a baby for like 20 seconds, straight up, just like eye contact, not blinking, staring at me. And I'm like, I even said something. I was like, wow, I, I feel very judged right now. And then I'm not breaking eye contact either. Cause like, I'm not going to lose this. (laughs) Like I, I'm trying to maintain my dignity here. And then she just still inky eye contact cracks a tiny smile and reaches her hands out and starts leaning towards me. And the dad's like, oh, you want to hold her? And I was like, do Mm. I want to hold her? Um, yes. And so I'm holding the baby. And meanwhile, it's running through my head. I'm like, I don't know if I've ever held a baby in my life. Like if I'm being fully honest. So I asked him, I was like, how do you hold a baby? And he was like, you're doing great. You're doing great. I'm holding this baby for like five minutes, just having the time of my life. And then the mom comes over of the baby and we're talking and she's like, you know, we need babysitters. And Mm. Jenna and I were like, well, we would love to do that personally. <laughs> um, Can you drop her at so our like, apartment? <laughs> yeah. No, we exchanged contact information. Oh, that's <laughs> So we awesome. could be babysitters for her baby. But she texted us this morning about asking if we could um, in a few days. And we unfortunately cannot. And it was a very long period of time, too. Yeah. To the point where like I was watching videos this morning on like how to change a diaper and how to take care of a baby because I realized I have no qualifications for this. (laughs) I I literally I asked my friend, I was like, do I go and pick the baby up? And if so, do I put it in a car seat? And they were like, yeah, well, you're not just going to like strap it in. And I was like, yeah, no, I get that. (laughs) But like (laughs) the idea of driving someone else's baby somewhere and then like I'm with them for seven hours what do I do? Yeah. And I, hmm. yeah, I have like no training <laughs> well, of this. We don't have many sleep. babies in the family. Yeah. Babies sleep a lot too. Um, Let me ask you this, Maggie. When, so when you cool. held that baby, did, did you feel something maybe stirring inside of you? Like as a, as a woman, as a potential mother, like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to have one of these. I did fall a little victim to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been falling victim to like that whole idea though. I'm such in a like 
I maybe want to be like a like a really good girlfriend and like wife like right now and I don't know where I think it's the weather I think the baby had something to do with it where I'm like and I I am not usually like this but for some reason settling down and being married like right now sounds so fun now I'm not gonna do that at all but no I really do think it's the weather yeah babysit first um and I I don't I I I, I need know, a long, long time, but when when your dad and I first got married, we I I totally forgot about this. You remember we actually babysat for like a, yes, oh, definitely we it was took an a, overnighter. We took, baby, we took a baby to a concert, yeah, to a jazz concert. No, why yes. did you do that? Oh, it was, we it was had outside. And it was it was, it was an, Deborah and and her baby Brandt. Yes. Brandt. And and it was sweet. And he, she knew, of course, no, that we were doing this. We, no, we told we her all about it. And yeah. But no, we put headphones on him. He, I, th- I feel like he. Of course, fell it wasn't another state, and so we had to no. first board a flight. And, <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> kidding, kidding. But I had totally forgot about that, and oh my goodness, yeah, it, we just fell in love with that baby. We didn't realize and we were practicing, but we no, totally we didn't. were practicing. But no, we put little headphones on. D- didn't he fall asleep? I think mm-hmm. he fell asleep at the concert. I mean, that's how good those headphones were. And um, yeah, or no, we sat way, way out in the grass and had a blanket and he just played around and then he fell asleep and it was just the coolest thing. But yeah, we had him for, I think the whole weekend, I think it was two days, one night. Yeah. And we were, we were the yeah. same way, Maggie. We were like, oh my God, they're trusting us with this baby. We don't have any qualifications. I mean, you Literally feel that way no when it's your baby. Yes. When, when you go home from the hospital from- and they're like, okay, let's put the baby in your car seat and you get to leave. You're like, seriously, we, we get to take this thing home now? Like, how do we, yeah, we don't. He's a living human being. <laughs> what? Yeah. What if we do something wrong? We don't, you know, it's same thing. It was like, how do you hold the baby? Well, how do you, we, you know, but we, my mom thankfully was there and she's like, you're doing fine. We you're, did a lot of learning gonna, and you, you, know, you never stop learning, but it, it yeah. you know, in many ways, um, and I know this sounds judgmental, but I, I feel like life begins when you become a parent yeah, and I know that's a new, life, yeah. a new life for sure. Um, but it's like a lot, some people can't have children. So I don't want to be offensive to those or those people who decide not to, but it's like, you really imagine life from a whole different perspective and, you know, it's a huge obligation, but. Oh, it's terrifying. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, here's this little helpless, you know, individual that bringing them into this hard, cruel world and then you just shower them with love and then it's love, 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 love. So that plays into a question though, that we had from a listener, which we could just kind of inject here if you don't mind, Maggie. So this question is from Naomi who asks all my life. I knew I wanted to have a family, but as I'm getting older, I feel like I see that families and marriages fall apart. Even my own parents who seemingly had the perfect marriage. I've come to a point where I don't have any married couples to look up to and learn from, which is worrying me. How can I learn and grow how to become a good future wife and not lose hope even in this situation? So that's from Naomi. Great question. And yes, I can imagine that is very, very difficult. Um, you know, marriage is hard. Marriage is, it's, but it's also beautiful. And the challenge of it is what makes it so amazing and great and beautiful. And I know, I can imagine, like, especially for um, kids these days, seeing 
marriages fall apart, seeing the instability that can happen within a family dynamic and just the fear. It's like, it's easier, you think, to keep your life more simple than to complicate things and put so much at stake in terms of committing to someone for your entire lifetime. Um, what do you say to that, honey? Well, um, I'm surprised that you said marriage is hard. No, but actually it's so funny because for years and years, I mean, I would say at least 20 years into our marriage and we would hear people say, I remember us sitting in church one time and the preacher was talking on marriage and he's like, you know, marriage is hard. And I looked at you and I said, is marriage hard? And you're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't think so. So for us, it wasn't until our lives got really hard when I had to get guardianship of my dad and then the stress of life. But I think the the rock of of our stability together in shared values, shared beliefs. Yes. I mean, that's, that's what makes all the difference. And you're right. I mean, I think the wrong marriage is hard and you know something about that too. Right. But, but I think, I think for us, and I think I've said this before, I've certainly told people this before is like, the the i think the reason our marriage hasn't been as difficult as like lots of other people is because we're so interested in making ourselves better rather than saying you need to change you know so many marriages it's about the them being unhappy with the other person instead of if you're improving yourself and you're happy with yourself you are you are a better spouse and so that person is going to fall more in love with you and so if you are both of a mind to be a better person yourself then i think marriage is so much better and and easier to be with that person and and stay in love with them but yeah too many people are like well he doesn't do this or she doesn't do that and i'm like well, do you do that for them? And they're always like, well, no, but. <laughs> so be a, be a good person, be a good spouse, and marriage is so much better. I think the, the key to a good marriage, and, and to answer your question about like, where do I find good, if I don't know any examples of good, solid marriages, keep looking, keep asking. You just haven't met the right people yet because they're totally out there. Mm-hmm. And people who are inspiring, like I have a friend, Naomi, who I saw, just this week in Phoenix, Arizona, and she and her husband of Jim, they're in their eighties now. They've been, she's been married to Jim since she was 19 years old and they just kind of committed early on and never looked back. And they have the most joyful, amazing family having uh, created an incredible business together. Um, They have deep, deep faith because it was all based on great values. My Mm -hmm. cab driver yesterday, who was taking me to the airport, Early in the morning, for you know, I'm I'm. It's quiet. I'm still w- waking up. I had to have much sleep, and the um, <laughs> and he asked me. He said, "Sir, can I stop you for a second? I want to ask you a question." And he actually asked me a question about marriage, <laughs> and it was a, someone he knew about whose wife had done something, and he thought was difficult. You know, whatever it was about a third person. But then we get to talk about his marriage. He's Lebanese and found his wife in Lebanon. Um, through family and contacts, corresponded with her, decided that she fit his 
his his values, his mindset. She was educated. She was person of faith. She she had uh, the right ideas about marriage, and they kind of arranged that they would be married. And, you know, uh, and then he flew to Lebanon, and he said, and, and I. So this was the first time I met her, the first time I saw her in person, and it was better than I thought it would be. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let's do, you know. And that's been his wife all these years. How so, many years? Oh, I don't know. But the point mm-hmm. is. I think people get in the trap of feeling like I've got to find the perfect person. And it's more about finding the person with the perfect match, with the perfect values and, and, and a commitment who's going to be in it with you um, for the long run. Yeah. Who, who definitely believes that as well, who believes in marriage. um, You're more likely to stay married. If you both believe in marriage, if the other one's kind of like, yeah, whatever, um, probably, you know, I can't see mom. (laughs) Can can someone fix that? (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> so why did you jump in the bags? <laughs> well, I I don't really have much experience with this at all, actually. Um, I've never no, but your been th- married. Your thoughts about, are you fearful of marriage? I mean, I know it's it's got to be tricky because yeah. you've got so much you feel like you want to do in your life and your career and your ambitions. And in a way, it's like a marriage could either be an, an amazing asset to that, but it could also, I could potentially feel like a hindrance. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure and expectation on finding the right person because there are like so many, not like boxes to check, but like things like you want someone who's going to be a part of every part of your life. And a lot of the parts of my life are so drastically different and like spread apart different areas and everything. And so just finding someone who's not necessarily already in every one of them, but who's going to be willing to invest in the things I'm interested in and just kind of go on the journey that is life together. And, and yes, it's a big concept to try and grasp of like marriage. And I'm definitely feel like I'm far, far away from it. Like so far, um, like really, really far, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) But it is something that for the first time in possibly ever, it is something that I'm like looking forward to. I think you have a good approach, Maggie, which is hold high standards and say no until you can't possibly say no anymore. And until when you find that person who checks the until enough you boxes, are out of options, yeah. no, no, he means like the answer is yes. That you, the answer yeah, you is say no, no because you. this is definitely yeah because this is the person because you've gone I, through I don't, every man in L.A. This is the no. person I can't possibly let out of my life because they're just that special and good to me and kind and my dad approves and my yeah. mom approves and. All of those things. It'll, it'll happen when I it's supposed to happen. I want someone so fun. And fun. Yeah. And hilarious. There's a lot of fun guys out there. Wait a second. Absolutely. That sounded weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know what else is, is a good match for a husband? is someone who knows how to cook. Yes. And if you want to know how to cook men in this audience, one of the best ways to figure that out <laughs> so you can get a good lady is to... <laughs> Subscribe to one of our sponsors, HelloFresh. 
When you are a part of HelloFresh, you get to be a part of a, a great way to eat where food is delivered to your door. It's pre-portioned. You get great, amazing recipes. You get to choose from these recipes and put it all together. You can't say no to that. No. And the holidays are right around the corner. And HelloFresh makes this busy time of year easier than ever before with chef-created recipes and, again, those pre-portioned ingredients delivered to your door so you can spend less time meal planning and prepping. Quality is HelloFresh's priority. Ingredients travel from the farm to your home in less than seven days so you know that they're fresh. Our family is a huge fan of HelloFresh. Everybody in our family has <laughs> has eaten their food and prepared their recipes, and we still keep the recipes around and still use them from, from time to time mm-hmm. when we get busy in our lives. Uh, I love to cook, personally. Yep. I spend more time in the kitchen. In fact, if, if Shay starts cooking, I generally work my way in and take over yep. within a matter of minutes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. <laughs> and she's okay with that. Uh, but HelloFresh makes it even more fun and easy. So... Um, go to HelloFresh, HelloFresh.com slash 65chaos and use 65chaos for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 65chaos and use code 65chaos for 65% off plus free shipping. America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. I love me some HelloFresh. <laughs> <laughs> I know I told you guys like two days ago to watch this movie. So I understand if you haven't yet, but have you guys seen Ticket to Paradise? No, no, no. It's still in the theaters, right? Yeah. Do please go see here. it. Well, p- please go watch it. I think you guys would absolutely love it. I don't think that we have any potential possible time to do that until Thanksgiving week. <laughs> when you're in town. Honestly, I think I'm fl- I'm that you out. find time for things that are important. Well, he's leaving town I'm leaving. tomorrow morning. I'm leaving, and then I come back, and then we leave, and we go to Mexico, and, and then yeah, and we'll see it on the plane. No, it's not on the planes. Ticket to Paradise. I will. Ticket to I Paradise. I would love to see that movie. Yes, I think we it's, will do it. It will. The really cool thing about this movie, and this does not spoil anything at all, is the two leads are George Clooney and Julia Roberts, and you just don't really see movies get made anymore where like the female ingenue is over 30 mm-hmm. like you you really don't see that anymore or <laughs> at all it's it's just not portrayed as much anymore and yes it's like julia roberts obviously like she's huge and she's incredible but it was such a good movie and so like i don't know it made me feel comforted and like inspired and less stressed over the fact that, okay, my acting career won't be over as soon as I hit 30, (laughs) (laughs) like stuff like that. But also like the crowd's response to the movie has been so, so positive and very encouraging. Like, yes, make more movies like this. It was a very, very good movie. And the crowd, Jenna and I, we were talking about this because we did see it in theaters were so vocal and like laughing at jokes and it it felt like we were all in this big experience together and it was so fun. That's that's something you don't get at home in in like when you're watching a movie is the crowd experience. That's true. That's true. I I I'd love to go to a movie again, especially I my favorite time of year to go to a movie is actually during the Christmas holidays. Yeah. And that's why I love the um you know when they usually have a really great film not a but 
great films that they released during the Christmas holidays. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll it check it out. focus you, on the movie because you're not like on well, your phone or talking. We focus on the movies here now that we have a room for it, like a special movie watching room. So we might do that. If we can find it and rent it, we can potentially stream it and watch it, in which case we could do it earlier. But you know what's so funny? Maggie what? Tony was here the other night and when your dad was out of town, we had a sleepover and we watched a movie in the theater down here. Um, she is so funny. She talks to the screen the entire movie. So I knew this. <laughs> we used to be roommates and I knew this. So I chose a movie I had seen before. Mm. And she's hilarious. She's just like, what do you, why would she do that? What? Oh my God. Oh no. Why would you stop? Don't. I'm like, Tony, I finally like an hour into this. I'm like, Tony, it's a movie. She goes, oh, well I know, but you would have thought she was watching the news, you know, like, like people, <laughs> actual people on the streets doing these things. She's so fun. So funny. We had, <laughs> had such a good time. They always have yeah. a great time. We together. actually did a double feature. It was that much fun. <laughs> and while they were doing that, I was in Houston and I had a speech in Houston, uh, which is the exact same place where they were playing the world series. Houston was in the world series, of course, Houston Astros. And it was game six of the World Series. Now, my speech was happening at the exact same time oh, that this no. game was being played. And it was a gala <laughs> event for this amazing company, a kind of a new startup company in the medical. It's a medical group, a couple hospitals in their system. Just wonderful, wonderful people. And this was their first official like big event. They planned it for months. They didn't know it was going to be like, they're in the world, world series, series, right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm preparing for this event thinking like, how is this going to go? I'm oh, supposed no. to do like 45 minutes or an hour after dinner, after all these other speeches, um, at this event while this world series is happening. And there's also, there was no alcohol at the event. And so <laughs> it might've been, which is fine. Advantage, it's, it's probably, <laughs> to, probably to my advantage, but people had like the, the game on, on their phones and stuff like that. <laughs> But I, while you're talking, while I'm talking and, and I kind of, I totally anticipated it. It didn't throw me at all, but it ended up being an amazing experience because I finished the speech. By the time I finished the speech, Astros were up four to one. They put the game on this huge screen and everybody's watching it together while they're dancing and playing this blaring music. And they ended up winning that night. And so like, it's always going to be like a part of the memory that we were all together. Our company was here. Remember that time? We saw the speaker, whatever. I might be a part of that memory too. Um, it was just awesome. <laughs> yeah, you did a TikTok. That was yeah, really I cool. did. I did a couple it of them. It looked like a great, a great venue. A yes, great super people, and just a beautiful, beautiful event. <laughs> it was a bleeder though. For oh me. no. Yeah. Okay, which was so good. For, the, for you guys who don't know what a bleeder is, that's when Dan's doing a speech live, and at some point during the speech, he manages to. Get cut. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was not during the speech, technically. It was oh, after okay. the speech and the dancing had started and things were <laughs> happening. And I'm going back and forth. And I did the same thing with you for that NSA event. Remember when I went behind the screen and then came up and I stood up into a monitor? And I stood up into this uh, this uh, screen, oh, and it wasn't yeah, just like you... a loose screen. It was a very like hard metal edge to this L. Um, this LED monitor oh, no. and it cut my head and, you know, I'm standing there thinking, oh, that really, <laughs> really hurt. I'm talking to someone and I suddenly feel like the blood running down my forehead. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. That's not good. 
but That's yeah, so and she's bad. like, do we need to bandage, bandage this? You're, you're in a room full of doctors and nurses. I'm like, it's okay. I got it. You just have fun. <laughs> I'll yeah. put some pressure oh my on gosh. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Yeah. There's been more than one time when it, it was doctors, at least two other times I can think of where there was a bleeder and it was for medical. You better stop speaking to medical people. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to appreciate the extra effort though. I guess so. Yeah. That's so funny. So Maggie, the next question comes from Chandler, who has questions for each of us. And the first question is for you. For Maggie, I've been doing content creation for three years, and I've been struggling to keep doing it because I haven't been gaining any traction on TikTok and feel that I've hit a roadblock. Any tips? So three years and not gaining a lot of traction. What would you tell Chandler? Yeah, that's definitely... It can be very, very frustrating and very discouraging for sure. And I think at that point, it really can only boil down to your enjoyment in making it and your enjoyment in what you're making and like how that content makes you feel while you're doing it. Are you proud of it? Is the experience of doing it giving you joy? Because that's the only thing you really can control. You can't control mm-hmm. how well it does or what audience it reaches. You have the bit that's in your hands and then it's fully out of your hands, which can be a very frustrating concept. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like, um, you know, with th- after three years, you've also got some experience and some routine. At, you're trying to put a, a certain idea out there. So maybe try to shift it. And you probably played around with this as well, but keep trying different variations of the thing that you're doing. Um and, and see if you can find a, a way to gain a little bit more traction that way, I would say. Um, but to Maggie's point, I, I, I would think of it more like you're building skills and you're creating a body of work. And so I, I haven't gone out to your, um, to your account to see what kind of content you create, but this is ultimately something that's a representation of a lot of your time. And so to Maggie's point, you have to be proud of that. And hopefully what you're contributing is something that, um, regard, you know, at some point somebody will look at and look back on and go out, wow, this person's been at it for a long, long time. Um, so again, I think those are great ideas. Do it for you and also keep experimenting and have fun with it. And ultimately, if you, if you come to the conclusion that it's not worth your time anymore, you can't see that as failure either because you have yeah. developed this discipline. You've developed a lot of skills and abilities, and you can repurpose those same skills that you've already developed investing in this content creation into something new. And maybe that's a job. Maybe that's a completely different top topic or a new platform. And so everything counts. Like, don't think of this as wasted effort. It all counts and it serves you in some way or in many ways that you just haven't yet discovered. That's what I'd say. Yeah. And there's also, I'm sure, information out there saying like, um, you know, there are, there's definitely things that, that you do to build your following on TikTok. And part of that is the frequency of posting. So if you say you've been at it for three years, but you're posting once a month, that's really hard to find somebody that like me, nobody would ever find me because I have like five posts in three years because I don't do TikTok. So uh, there's, there's also, I'm sure a lot of information like that out there 
um, yeah, about the frequency the and all of that and the type of, of content that you're creating. But it's got to be organic from you. If you're saying like, oh, I'm going to do TikToks on, you know, astronomy, but you don't know anything about astronomy, then that's probably not as good as actual astronomers who have TikTok. So, so yeah, hopefully it's organic. It's, it's coming from you. Good representation. Maggie, you remember yeah. back in the beginning when we would post once a week? Yeah, like, and that was, what, it was, was hard. It? <laughs> yeah. But that was like our standard. Wow, we're going to do it every week. And and then mm -hmm. it, and suddenly there was, was nothing not, not wrong enough. with that. That was, that was the time that we had for it. And that was a commitment that we stuck to and it worked out, you know? But yeah, but, and you were just doing it for you. Mm -hmm. It was just yeah. for you guys. It wasn't necessarily, you weren't trying to, uh, build something at that point. No. It was it was just fun. Let's do this, and then it just built from there. Well, it I certainly screwed. wasn't, and I'm still not really. Although I have to say, um, at my speeches in Phoenix and in Houston this week, in both audiences, there were several people who knew me from TikTok and knew me from your account and said, "I follow your daughter." Or people on the AV crew. Um, the 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 Phoenix event was for the PGA, the Professional Golfers Association of America. And they had a whole younger delegation that are from colleges, people learning about the golf business from college. And so, of course, you know, they were all more tuned into TikTok and they knew about my account. Now they're, so that cross-pollination of like my speaking work and my TikTok fun mm -hmm. um, has always, it's, it's really enjoyable. I really like that a lot. Uh, and, and a lot of times people are, they look at me kind of sideways and they're like, where do I know you from? <laughs> I said, well, you know, have you seen my daughter push me in a pool maybe on TikTok? <laughs> and they're like, oh, I get it. Yep, totally. So yeah. thank you, Chandler, for that great question. And then also for me, he asked, uh, for Dan, all of my immediate family is fighting right now over something not even worth fighting over, and they all go to me with their issues. Any advice on what to do? It's very draining. Um well, Chandler, what I would say is they go to you with your with their issues because you're the one who's listening and you're the one who's trying to process it all and you're the one who's trying to maybe make peace between these different sides. And as long as you accept that position of being kind of the middleman in your family, I think they're going to continue to feed you as much of their complaints and issues and nuances of that conflict. Um, and I would just say maybe try to rise above it. And this is really good advice for all of us going into Thanksgiving coming up soon and the holidays generally when we're getting together with people. Um, I know we've got some of that going on in our family even, but it's like, I, I've already said, look, I, I don't want to hear details and issues and backstory. It's not about the past. It's not about your issues and complaints. Um, I just want to love everyone. I want to love my family. I want to know you. I want to talk to you. And we're going to all get along and we're going to have a great time. Um, so basically, I don't want to hear it. That's my position. Yeah, I, th I have. A, and I, I know family members, too, that um, they they just don't have the kindness and forgiveness that you should have, certainly with family, but with everybody, you know, treat treat others as you want to be treated. And if you've done something to upset somebody, you need to own it. And, and not for, not try to create some reason that you need to be mad at them so you don't have to, to you know, 
own what, what you've done. But yeah, it's just, it, it's a real shame when families splinter because of not being able to admit their own wrongdoing and, or give forgiveness and grace to other family members who, you know, have, have done, done something or said something that has upset them. Make peace, people. Life's too short. Spread the love. Do you experience that, Maggie, in, in any of your family relationships or friend groups or things like that? Um, friend groups more so than family, for sure. Um, for me, I, I just don't encourage it at all. Right. Like, I feel like a lot of the times when people vent to you, or not even just like venting, because I get venting, right. but at an extent when people come to you over and over about this thing that like we shouldn't even really be talking about, they're expecting a certain response. They're craving a response from you. And I, a lot of times I just don't give it. Like I just, I just <laughs> yeah. won't, I won't give them what they're looking for at all. Um, right. And I have it holds no interest for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is not something necessarily you should be, talking to other people about but especially not me like i shouldn't be mm-hmm. involved in this because i'm not at all um right. and of course exactly. there's a there's an edge to that like if a friend comes to you and like really needs to talk about something then like yes listen you know what i mean yes, um sure but it's just there's <laughs> very different scenarios right if there's a difference between looking for resolution and looking for you know, confirmation. Yeah. Confirmation of anger and, you know, and, and creating a case against somebody. I, I can't stand that. Well, and, and, you know, like you said, motivations, like what is their motivation or intention? And and most people, honestly, especially, well, I wouldn't say characterize this as young people or whatever, but most people are not at a place where they're genuinely interested in personal improvement and looking at themselves. And like you said, come on people, grace, forgiveness, self-honesty, mm-hmm. owning your own crap, you know, owning yeah. your own problems. That is like looking in the mirror at the scariest monster that you can ever confront <laughs> in life. And, and it's, it's the work, it's the hardest thing to do as a human being. You're listening to this podcast in part because you're doing some of that now and you're genuinely interested in personal growth and development and having fun and hearing stories and watching TikToks and growing your challenge, you know, and, and just wholesome chaos. It's about all of it at the same time. But it, but it really starts with, with saying, look, I'm in the game of life and I'm playing it for real and I'm going to be truthful and honest and I'm going to make terrible mistakes and I'm going to own up for them and try to get better as I go. Yeah. Yep. Well, I will definitely try to get better as I go throughout today. And <laughs> that was my attempt at a segue. How was it? I loved it. Great. (laughs) Oh, amazing. Well, that is my segue, in fact, to wrap up this podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you have, man, I don't usually wrap up. I don't know what I'm doing right now. (laughs) You're doing great, Maggie. You're you're learning. I'll keep going. I'll keep going. Mention the questions. Mention the questions. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on. I'm on. Um, I appreciate you guys tuning in. And if you guys have questions that you want to ask us, you can go to wholesomechaos.com and you can type in your little question on a cool little feature that the website has. And maybe we'll talk about it next week or the week after. 
That's it. That's all I got. Great job, Maggie. That's all I got. Yay. That was awesome, Maggie. Great wrap up. Thanks. You did amazing. Thanks. We'll get on with your day and we will do the same and maybe even watch that movie. You want to go to the movie? (laughs) You got to pack, please. It's it's 650. We we could totally do that. Yeah, we don't need I can, to right. movie. I could just zoom in nine minutes. Well, <laughs> regardless, I love you both. We sure love, love you, you, Maggie. Too, and um, we love you, everyone. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye. 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 I'm waving. Max and Dads, wholesome chaos. Max and Dads, wholesome chaos. So when Tony and I were unloading the car... The, the van this weekend, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I walked in and there was this string on the ground by the garage door and it wasn't a string. It was a baby snake. <gasps> so I was like, Ooh, actually Tony wasn't here yet. She was following in her car and she wasn't there. And so I went, I set my stuff down and I, and I ran back to it because I wanted to see it before it disappeared to, so I would know if it was a copperhead. Well, I didn't have my glasses on and I realized I didn't have my phone either. So I was like, stay. And he stayed. And I ran and I got my phone and I came back a second time and he hadn't moved and he lifted his head up so I could take a picture. And I took a picture of it, a little video. And and then I'm like, wait a second. I, I can't see this. So then I grabbed a big bowl. I said, stay. And I went and I grabbed a big bowl and I came back and I put the bowl over him. He was still there. He had not moved. He was so good. I put the big bowl over him, big old metal bowl. So then That's I could not go a very nice way to, to repay him. Well, he's, I made a little house for him while I go. He's went to go make sure to you he so wasn't, nice and you he put a bowl over him. I didn't want him to get away if he was a copperhead. You know, they're the most deadly because, you know, they mm-hmm. can't control the venom. Anyways, yeah, the baby ones. So, the baby so then ones. I go look it up. Tony gets here. I said, hey, I called her. Don't pick up that bowl and think that I dropped <laughs> it and bring it in and be helpful because she would because she's helpful. She's very afraid of snakes. And so, she, yeah, she's like, well, it's a good thing you told me that. We look it up. Pretty sure it was a brown snake and um, so cute. And so finally, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get it. You want to see him, Tony? And I lift it up and he was gone. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I have no idea how he got out of that metal bowl. It was flat it was on the a magic cement. Snake. And I saw him in it because his little tail got caught on it when I set it on him and I moved it so he was totally underneath it. So he's Houdini. Cool, eh? He's well, one thing about him is you guys were homies. He's pissed now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.